All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. Oh my goodness. Actor and celebrity Sean Hayes? Is that you? Is that you? Those those are two real (laughs) loose terms there, lady. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, my dear? Are you a doctor? I, uh, you know, that's the word on the street. I, I apparently in some dive bars in San Francisco, I am a doctor. I had an eye infection. I'm just getting over it. No, you didn't. Oh yeah, my, my goodness. left eye. Do you know how you got it? No. Could it have been my dog? Like, do you let your dog? We've talked about. I, you know I what, let my dog Sean? I told you. <laughs> I told you that this is not something I recommend. <laughs> no, probably like just playing outside, like playing fetch, or you know, throwing the ball, and maybe I. And touched, then you might have itched your eye like itched right my after. Eye or something. Oh wow! Or I, maybe I don't know. So did you have to just do antibiotic drops, or did you have to take pills? Pills still on them. Oh man, that's brutal. But can I tell you something? And I said this on the show before, and I said it to you what? before. I kind of don't mind it because there's something really satisfying about cleaning out the, the <laughs> gunk in your eye. Like, there's, like you know, the crusty crusts that yeah. get in there. It's kind of satisfying. That's fair, but you don't get like stomach issues when you take antibiotics or anything like that. Because some Not people a, do. They're really like it no, affects I, I their do. gut. I do, but I don't know if I eat. If I eat, I take it right after dinner. Okay, so you take them with food. Yeah. Wow. So you're so you're out an eye for an eye. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. There's puns uh, here. There's, damn there's it. so many. Um, the eyes have it. <laughs> let's uh, see what's. Oh! Let's see who our guest is today, though. Now, let's see who our guest is. <laughs> our guest is another doctor. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Dr. Drew, who is lovely, by the way. If you have, have you, have met, you him? met him? I've met him. Yeah, I met him once a long, long, long time ago. He is lovely, and yeah, he not seems only have lovely. I have I met him, I was on his podcast, and then he also spoke at my med school graduation. He was the really? speaker. Yes, I know. Oh what a crazy small world. This was at USC many, many years ago, and he spoke. Of course, I, I don't remember a thing because I was so depressed at that point in my life. Right, because I you were medical. I have no yeah. recollection of what he said. Now, do you like do you like public speaking? I know you do stand up stuff, but in that yeah. kind of scenario, do you like giving speeches and stuff? Oh yeah, I love being in front of groups for you sure. Do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I en- I enjoy you know. I'll do anything for stage time, Sean. Right. It's well, clearly clown school <laughs> will teach you anything. <laughs> Oh. Wait a minute. I have a question for you. Have you yeah. ever given a uh, like graduation speech? I yeah. think you have, right? I Illinois gave my, State? some kind of commencement something or I don't know what it was, but it was an honor is what it was. And it yes, was it at was. Ill- Illinois State University where they made me a doctor. Yes. Now you are. This is So this is a triple doctor episode, tri- right? <laughs> oh, um, right. We have three doctors. We have three doctors. Wait, yeah. I want to ask you, though, was that hard for you to do the commencement speech? No, you because... Have trouble, like, yeah, no, that I, like? I, because, because, well, I'm an actor, so I like things that are written for <laughs> me, right? Like, I like words. So yes. I, worked, I worked on a speech for quite a while, and I had yeah. a couple friends help me, and... Okay. So then I, yeah. So I, the speech was was good. It was it was good because I had some jokes in there, and then I had some yeah nice things to say that I wrote on my own, and you know stuff like that. I love Illinois State University. It was easy. Did you bring that horn? That <laughs> the slide, it's my slide whistle. The slide whistle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get the slide whistle. It's, it's was never that too in far. It's never too far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the dumbest oh thing in the world. Goodness. Remember that song, Groove it. is in the Heart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Groove yeah, yeah, yeah. in the Heart. <laughs> Remember that? Anyway, oh we have to pay goodness. for that song now. Uh, but yeah. anyway, we have a very special <laughs> guest caller on the podcast today. He's literally waiting for us to chime in. Dr. Robert Califf, the FDA commissioner. I can't believe it. The is here FDA. to talk. Yes, he's That's here to crazy. talk about vaccines and the danger of misinformation. Oh, my gosh. Oh, hello. Hey there. Hi, Robert. Welcome to the show. Good to be with you. How you doing? Well, good. We're so excited you're here. First of all, this is amazing to meet you, and thank you for being on the show. I know. I'm blown away. Let me just start with the obvious. Blown away by the breadth of your job. I know everybody probably says that, but for people that don't know, the FDA commissioner, you oversee the safety, the efficacy, and security of like 
uh, human and drugs and veterinary drugs and vaccines and biological products for humans and medical devices and safety and security of the nation's food supply. And I mean, it goes on and tobacco, on regulating and, uh, tobacco. Yeah, tobacco. Yeah, don't forget um, animals and pets. And yeah, mm-hmm. food. I know my dog. Mm-hmm. Thanks you, Ricky. Thanks you. <laughs> um, he 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 wishes he could be here. <laughs> but um, when you when you invent something that makes dogs talk, please call us. But anyway, that I, I I mean it's a monumental task. Now, obvious question: What's work like every day to you? Because yeah. I remember I remember seeing all the approvals when uh, the vaccine for COVID first came out, and I would watch the news, and there'd be like twelve people on Zoom saying. I approve. I approve. I'm like, it can't just be 12 people at the FDA. Like, (laughs) I don't understand how many people tell us how big the whole thing is. How do you manage your job every day? Well, remember, the FDA commissioner is a political appointee. So the commissioner job is not like a CEO of a company. It turns over on a regular basis as a political appointment. But the other 18,970 people or so who work at the FDA. Okay. Oh, wow. Full-time government civil servants. And um, I like to think of the FDA as a decision-making machine. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of areas of life where you sort of roll through life doing things here and there, but you don't have to make decisions. The FDA, regardless of how imperfect the information is, has to make decisions on a regular basis right. about what's on the market and how it's labeled and overseeing how it's sold and how safe it is. It's amazing. Right. It's a hierarchy all set up to make those decisions. And, you know, I got to say, the, the what you're referring to is the advisory committees, and the advisory committees are outside people, and people often forget they are advisory. They, they don't right. make the decisions. And I, I do think people should take a lot of comfort in the fact that decisions are actually made by full-time civil servants who don't have financial conflicts. Right. So I would say I got... I got two big parts of my job. One is trying to keep up with everything, and there are a lot of people who help keep mm-hmm. me informed. And the other is to protect the civil servants so they can make decisions yeah. without undue political influence. And when you say protect the civil servants, so are we talking like spears? Are we talking bows and arrows? Like what <laughs> what kind of protection are we, are we really talking about here? Could you imagine? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, in, in normal times and usual circumstances, it's just pressure from people saying you're not making the right decision. Yeah. Politicians who may have ideologic reasons to believe in more or less regulation. And of course, since we regulate about 20% of the economy, every major decision has financial consequences for right. companies and shareholders, and they're vocal about it. And so yeah. we we have to be a science-based, political, right. uh, uh, not political organization. Right. And, and, and you wanted this job. You wanted this job. Well, Uh-oh. I did it. Uh-oh. This is my, <laughs> second, <laughs> my second time around, and I definitely wanted it the first time. And you know, seri- uh, there, there's I, someone behind the screen nodding. Yes, yes, you yes. did want this job. <laughs> oh, this is pretty well known. My family was not too in favor of my coming back for a second round because uh, it is, it is a tough, yeah, time-consuming job. And I'm turning 71 this week. God, oh, you wow. look good. You look good. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm feeling good, but I'm especially but, rejuvenated. I have a grandson who turns nine the same day, so we just celebrated our birthdays. That's a, uh, that's awesome. Not a gray hair on your body because you've approved dye that is safe for the human head. <laughs> Sean. Because, do you oh, know what I'm saying? That's so funny. Um, so, now, yeah, Robert, what is life like on the FDA commune? I mean, do you guys uh, hold hands and sing songs together? Like, how do you guys come together making decisions about the general public's lives? Well, you know, prior to COVID, um, it really was more like an academic. I mean, you're a doctor. You've been in academic medical centers. Mm-hmm. You could walk through the buildings of thousands of people reviewing data from everything from pet food to the latest vaccine to mm-hmm. um, what, 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 what are the outcomes of vaping. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of meetings and discussions and heated arguments about what the data showed. Then COVID hit, and of course, I was working at Google at the time, so I had my own experience there, but um, most of the work is now done virtually, and it's more productive, which is Mm -hmm. not a surprise given what's happened elsewhere, but there is that element of, there's still a lot of discussions and arguments, but 
you know, I think the human element, um, you know, I look forward to the day when we get into more of a hybrid environment where we have more yeah. time together. Yeah. Is it yeah. really, um, to regulate, you have to be tough. You have to test out your ideas and you can't talk with outside people about it. Right. Right. Because right. You're making confidential decisions. Right. So what does the FDA think of Sean Hayes exactly? Jeez, What's the verdict got, on that? Is uh, he is he regulated or what? Do we have to <laughs> I got I got approved. I got approved years ago, I think. Right. <laughs> right, Dr. Caleb? No, no, you should approved. see the shelf life on Sean. <laughs> I think he's approved by popular acclaim. Based on everything that I'm hearing. Right, right. Oh Lord. All right. Now listen, I know I know you want to discuss like the threat of misinformation and vaccines and all that. So let's get to that really quick. Because to me, uh, you know, I, I, some some might say the topic of vaccines is old news. Not to me. I just got my booster shot last week. But I'm baffled. <laughs> I'm baffled when people are just now, two years after the pandemic started, going to get their first shot or their second shot or more so not getting it at all. And we've gotten vaccines for polio, smallpox, and a slew of others. But for some reason, this one gives people the jitters. Help me understand why people haven't accepted it yet, for those who haven't, and 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 the threat of misinformation out there. Yeah, I really think this is a matter of misinformation for the most part, because, you know, I cut my chops as a cardiologist right when we figured out how to treat heart attacks. And it was all mm. based on doing large global studies that um, got the answers. Most of what we tried didn't work. But when something worked and you had the evidence, it became a standard of practice. So right. if you had a heart attack day, you'd call 911 and you get into the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this the, the uh, evidence for these vaccines is even better than for heart attack. We have tens of thousands of people in randomized clinical trials before they got on the market or, or were used through the emergency use authorization. We have billions of people who have been treated with spectacular results. They reduce your risk of dying by 90%. Yeah. And they reduce your risk of having to go in the hospital by about the same amount. So, Robert, how would you speak to someone who might be saying, like, they got the vaccine, but let's say they had a bad reaction to it and maybe they don't want to do it again or they don't want to get boosted. How would you speak to someone like that? Well, you know, all effective treatments in medicine um, have some people who have side effects or toxicities. There is no um, intervention in medicine without mm -hmm. some risk to some people. That's mm -hmm. true. But for the vast majority of people, the benefits far outweigh the risks. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've had a toxic effect, let's say you had a really bad side effect, then you really should talk with your doctor before uh, undergoing this again. But if if you had like aches and pains, which is what most people have, I mean, after all, you're getting something that activates your immune system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you should feel um, a little bit punky for a day or two. As yeah. My, uh, son <laughs> called them. And then... Uh, you, you should uh, proceed ahead because each boost that we've given for the people who've gotten it further reduces the risk that you're going to be dead. Yeah. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm used to talking like this as a cardiologist. I don't it, like to mince words. We're I really love talking that. about being alive. Yeah. And if you want to be with your family in these upcoming holidays, probably the most single most important thing you can do is to get your updated uh, boost. booster. Yeah. Also get your flu shot this time around. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. It looks like we're going to have a worse flu season than you. Oh, Lord. Will the FDA be selling gift baskets of flu and COVID <laughs> stocking we're, stuffers, perhaps? Uh, why not? We are not allowed to do that. <laughs> and, uh, we, we are uh, just just government employees, so we, we don't uh, do anything of any financial okay. consequence directly with people. But but I will say that, you know, the industries that typically sell products um, can advertise these vaccines now. Oh, that's good. Now, listen, Dr. Califf, I've been told a relationship with me, the benefits far away, the risks. So hopefully you felt that way <laughs> today and, uh, and, and in the future. Thank you for being here. You are yeah, so amazing so to talk. Much. I could talk to you for hours about all this stuff, but, uh, but thank you for being here for hey, a If you want to talk time. again, let me know. This, uh, right. We, we got to counteract the bad information with the truth. Yes, for Amen. sure. Amen. All right. Thanks thank a you, pal. Thanks yeah. a lot. Thank you so See much. See you later. I mean... <laughs> How cool is that? That was really cool, Sean. How I cool think is this, that? I think it says so much about our podcast that an FDA commissioner wants to talk to us. Yeah, right. right? What, is, what a milestone! I mean that that, that Robert really Califf. Cool. I know Dr. Robert Califf. Like, I, I in my mind he was the CEO of the whole thing, but he explained know, it a little better right? than he I. He was like the king of the FDA. Yeah, I mean, couldn't you ask him about a thousand things? Yeah, like I want to yeah. know. I mean. 
And the way the the info just rolls off of his tongue. I know. It's like it's like you don't need to go to fda.com just talk to Robert. <laughs> I was impressed with just how sharp and just like he was on, right? Yeah, like he was just like firing the he's answers got it. on all cylinders, which was super cool. Oh, God, what a hero that guy is. I, <laughs> I, I, I want to um, talk to him. Anyway. Do you have a crush on, on Robert? <laughs> I have a little bit of a crush. Don't judge me. Oh, my um, God. Now, listen, guys, thanks for calling in. The number to leave us a message is one three two three five two nine sixty thirty one. Again, one three two three five two nine sixty thirty one. Unless you're the FDA commissioner, you don't have to <laughs> call in. We'll probably schedule something with you, but that was nice that he called in. Hey, let's get to our guests. We are supported by Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well super easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. And what's super cool is that Green Chef recently just expanded their menu. They're now going from 24 to 30 recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. I use Green Chef as a gift for some of the family members that I have that are super busy and don't have time to cook. I think it's a really nice way of giving people healthy meals, especially when they're on the go. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Go to greenchef.com slash hypo599 and use code hypo599 to get $5.99 per meal on your first box. And your first box ships free. That's greenchef.com slash hypo599 and use code hypo599 to get $5.99 per meal on your first box. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. There he is, there Mr. America. We've got another doctor on the show today. Three doctors, by the way. I'm an honorary doctorate. He hosts the award-winning Dr. Drew podcast and the Adam and Drew show on his newest project, drdrew.tv. He explores current news, emerging science, social issues, and so much more. It's the incredibly smart Dr. Drew Pinsky, who I love, and I can't believe I'm talking to. Hey, Drew. I appreciate that. It's good to hear your voice, Sean. I haven't seen you forever. I know. So that's what I was going to say. I can't believe when I moved to L.A. in 1995, I listened to you and Adam Carroll. I'm sure you get this all the time. I listened to you and Adam on the radio because we had no internet or anything else. That was almost 30 years ago. You look exactly the same. God bless you. <laughs> Tell us all the plastic <laughs> surgery you've had. <laughs> Zero plastic surgery. Speaking of, I've heard so many reports and so many people saying they're going to have... Um, they're going to have uh, uh, Botox and a cream. When does that come out? Priyanka, help me. No, I mean, <laughs> I, Sean, I have I no have, idea. I, I mean, come on, yeah, it's got to come out. Well, that would fly off yet. the shelf. Guys, it's the three of us right now. Let's start so, the company. So if you see Sean unable to to rift his forehead <laughs> or a, make yeah. a smile, yes. you know yeah. he's just putting that stuff That's, on every day. And there you go. I love how finally, Sean, you get in between a doctor sandwich. And that's yeah. the first thing. <laughs> that's the first thing. Yeah, for sure. And me without being expressive is just a Tuesday. And, All right. And, so. and speaking, of that <laughs> speaking of that 30 years, you haven't changed a bit, sir. You haven't changed a bit, both in terms of how you look and what you're thinking about. <laughs> That's oh exactly goodness. right. Okay, so now wait. I want to know about your oh, podcast. Everybody yeah. has one, but it seems Drew, like- we it, love it, you. Just want yes, to say, like, love. we are so excited to have you. I'm obsessed you with and you. Just, and by yeah. the way, I, I watched Jersey Shore, and I'm like, Drew's on fucking Jersey Shore, <laughs> like, facilitating an argument between, so oh, what's funny. her name? I can't remember her name. All uh, of them. All, all of them. them. <laughs> I said that with all of them and tried to settle things. I, I've known Ron for a long time. I've helped him out a little bit. I helped, uh, you know, Mike out a little bit because they all have addiction yeah. problems, right? And so yeah. I've been yeah. sort of in with them over the years and they're all great. And, uh, you know, the situation is like a new human being. is like a fully recovering guy is amazing. And so yeah. I'm inspired by that. And uh, I know Sally Ann very well, who's the producer, and she calls me once in a while. Would you help with these guys? They're losing their shit. I, I mean, it. would you say that that a lot of people who are on reality shows, by the way, I'm just throwing this out there to two doctors. Would you say yeah. a lot of people on reality shows have trauma? Well, yeah, every human being has trauma. It's just a question of how much uh, self-awareness oh, yes, there is, right? Oh, yes, that's right. We talked so, about that. But, but here's, a, here's a reality, right? So you're asking a actual evidence-based question. You know, what's the evidence for mm -hmm. that? Yeah. And I actually have the only published data on that. I published oh, really? Be, yeah, because nobody, you know, as you mentioned, Loveline every night, I would see a celebrity in our studio every night, 
And I, we started doing uh, personality inventories and trauma scales on Oh, them. really? Uh, wow. Because as the three of us know, trauma is very high in, in celebrity and whatnot. Yeah. And so we published the data in the journal on, uh, what's it called? Personality. I forget the actual, it was, it was a leading journal. It was a big deal. Uh-huh. Got all this international best, wrote a book about it. Wow. The Mirror Effect. And by and the way, let what, me just interject. I don't mean just reality star. It's, it's I'm sure it's actors and anybody who's in the correct. Yeah. Okay, and you, yeah. we all know that. We all see. And I, I had a specific uh, hunch because during the commercial breaks during Loveline, whoever was in there would unload on me all their yeah. stuff. So I was wow. hearing it all the time, and I was yeah. like, okay, I got it. So what we did was we did these in personality inventories, and we were able to show that people that seek celebrity, we actually developed a mathematical model that showed that seeking celebrity was a bid to repair narcissistic mm. injury in childhood. Wow. We actually proved that. And we showed that celebrities had a significantly higher incidence of narcissistic traits. Sure. Now, what we didn't publish mm-hmm. was our trauma scales, but you're right. On the trauma scales, they were way up, especially the musicians. On the narcissism scale, mm-hmm. the highest narcissistic results were in reality show stars, which makes wow. sense, right? The, wow. So the lowest was in people that had a skill. Like you sing and had you perform on stage, and that's right. a certain skill set that requires you to be in public, requires you to have a public persona. Yeah. People like you know cellists and journalists, they tend to score lower, but people who were putting themselves out there on TV and whatnot because, hey, it's me, very right. high narcissism, as right. you might predict. Wow. Right. That's so fascinating. Interesting. Now, one of the things, see, okay, what's fascinating about- By the way, about- I see you on TV too all the time, Dr. Drew. Anyway, Priyanka, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> So, so I, which, which, by the way, so one thing I was struggling with was whether to tell you my mental health struggles yeah. or my prostate struggles. There's two different stories there. Oh, I'm yeah. happy to tell both of them. And they both were, I was, I was, well, in one case I was beautifully managed. In the other case, I was horribly mismanaged. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy yeah. to share. Well, but, but can, just to put a button on that, like I'm the youngest of five kids. I think part of my thing was, look at me, look at me. Hey, I'm over here. Look at me. Perfect. Yeah, there totally, you go. Yeah. Totally. Anyway, you go. Go well, ahead. and I think, okay, you mentioned this point that, you know, they were unloading on me. And I think that's also another type of trauma that we need to talk about, vicarious trauma holding space for human beings and getting that stuff unloaded, it does impact the individual. It does dysregulate your nervous system to be listening to all of this stuff. So I'm curious about you. I mean, you have spent a career listening to people's problems publicly and probably privately as well. What are the things that you do to make sure that your nervous system stays regulated? Oh, it's such a good question. 11 years of intensive, focused, emotionally focused therapy. Mm-hmm. I went to therapy wow. forever mm-hmm. and it built the boundaries that I did not have, frankly, mm-hmm. emotional boundaries that allowed me to be present and bear witness to the other's experiences and engage in the richness of that exchange without being overcome by, injured by, absorbing. I, it just yeah. became a, a, almost a spiritual thing, really. When you're mm-hmm. really in there deep with other people, it, it it's painful as you follow along with them, yeah. but if your boundaries are good, you, you you can do it in such a way that it's it's. I don't have a better word than rich. It's mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's an honor kind of thing. Mm. It's 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 much different. I would say though, I'd say it's different than being an ambulance driver or something where you're coming upon. Oh my God, what am I coming upon? You're uh-huh. you're just entering a frame with another human and bearing witness to their experiences. I love mm, that. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Hey, being a, being a, ce- a celeb, because I guess we, we could call you a celebrity because you're on TV all the time. Yeah, he's um, a celebrity. Yeah, yeah you're a celebrity. Sure. Um, how do you deal with <laughs> how do you deal with negative press or negative all feedback right. from from people in the world? Which, which reminds me, if I don't, I'm a terrible promoter. My my wife, who just ran out of here and said, make sure you pronounce, to promote the show. She produces a <laughs> streaming show on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I think, Priyanka, you were on that yeah, show. Yeah, I, I met believe. her. She's lovely. Yeah. yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, three o'clock Pacific. Uh, and please do check it out at doctor.tv. I do three other podcasts. I do a, a YouTube channel with Tom Segura and his wife, Christina P., called Dr. Drew After Dark. Then I have a Dr. Mm-hmm. Drew podcast over on the Corolla Network, and then I have Adam and Drew. We Adam and I are still together three days a week. We do a mm-hmm. podcast. Isn't that cool? And he calls That's me so cool. Every day, calls me every day. I just got off the phone with him before I came up here and linked in with you guys. Wow. Um, anyway, so, so there's funny. all that. And the and the streaming show, she always she always pimps me about this. It's called Ask Dr. Drew. We take calls off Twitter spaces at the same time. Mm-hmm. So Ask Dr. Drew. A lot of these things are sort of incarnations of love lines. Same, same with right. After Dark. But anyway, I've said that now. In terms of negative press, I hate it. I used to be extremely sensitive to it. Mm. I remember when 
uh, Amazon first put comments on the on the book mm. sales on the site. Uh-huh, right. And Adam and I had a book in 1996 or 97, and I would read the comments and I would be outraged. I would just oh. be, how dare uh-huh. you say that? Uh-huh. What are you, who are you to say these things? Yeah. It's terrible. And I, I now... Uh, I've developed a much thicker skin. It, mm. it definitely, you know, we are wired up as humans to notice the negative more than the positive, right? right. Because right. if we're, right. we're out on the savanna, we want to see the leopard rather than the pretty flowers. Yeah. Um, even though you you can learn to temper some of these things and focus on the flowers when it's appropriate. So I try to do that, but it still feels bad. It's still, there's so much of it that rains in know. through Twitter it's and social amazing media. that it's people just, take the time ugh. to write bad things. Oh, that's so odd to me. It's like, it's what really is odd. in you to, yes. Yeah. What motivates you to sit down and write some of this stuff? I know, it's amazing. Well, I've learned so much observing Sean. You know, I remember when the, when Hypo first came out and I would and be like, Sean hey, Sean is like, a very rich resource. Uh, yeah, tons yeah. of stuff to Especially wa- watching <laughs> as I sleep. That's the best time to <laughs> To, to, to learn. Yeah, but yeah. I, I've learned so much from observing you, Sean, just because when Hypo first came out, I'd be like, look, people are saying this, da, da, da. And you oh, were like, yeah. you were like, I don't read those you'll get things. It for the, like, you'll get it for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like, yes, you're just like, you. I don't I don't deal with that. And I was like, yeah. wow, that was really interesting. It goes, yeah. it goes it's, away It's a, a very smart, adaptive strategy. Just don't, yeah. don't get involved from day yeah. one. You can just not read them. You can block them, all this kind of stuff. You can do that for sure. But because I'm also trying to push out information, yeah, I kind of feel like I have to. I have to kind of you have to see hear both sides. Yeah, yeah. See what the conversations. And God, I am always trying to figure out views other than my own. All right, let's get into let's get into the good stuff. Let's yeah, talk let's about talk medicine. So we can do the prostate, prostate. or we can do the the yeah. Let's do the prostate. I yeah. think prostate uh, let's do the because prostate it's, it's, yes, it's a little more. It's first of all a little more positive, and it's a little okay. more <laughs> more. Specific, very specific. Yeah. It's a really interesting story. So, okay, where would you like me to start? Start at the beginning. Start yeah, at the, just start what at happened. the bottom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely, that's where it started. Start oh, Strangely what? enough, start in front <laughs> of the rectum, below no, the bladder. <laughs> my bottom. Yeah. So anyway, I was fifty years of age. So it was. Well, I'm now sixty-four. So add, do that okay. math. Okay. <clears throat> it was fourteen years ago, and. I got H1N1. It was wow. brutal. Interesting. Wow. Oh my God, was I toxic. I kept calling my infectious disease consultant going, am I, am I supposed to be this toxic? I can't, mm. I can't move. Mm-hmm. And wow. so I made it through. Um, wow. I've had bronchiectasis since. You know, I have a little stuff right now as we record this. That's all left over from H1N1 14 years ago. Wow. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So it was a terrible illness. And uh, and my wife afterward, God bless her. So the first lesson is listen to your spouse. If mm-hmm. they, yeah. Particularly female spouse. If the female yeah. has an instinct, listen to that instinct. Women have sort of instincts that I find uncanny sometimes. I, yeah. you know, we had triplets, and all I could do was follow behind my wife and go, "How did you know that? How did you know? What did you? Yeah. What did the? Ch- how did you know that?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she said to me, "She goes, that was ridiculous. You are so sick. There's something wrong with you." Wow. And I went, yeah, it was ridiculous. It was a terrible illness. It's a, it was terrible. And she goes, "No." You need an internist. I go, look, I've got a cardiologist for my blood pressure. I have a pulmonologist. And, and, and I'm a lungs. doctor. And I'm a doctor. Yeah. And I check yeah. my PSA every year. I check my cholesterol all the time. I yeah. monitor yeah. my blood pressure. I do everything just right. Why do I yeah. need an internist? She yeah, goes, yeah. I'm making you an appointment. Lesson number two, make an appointment for your spouse. If, um, yeah. if, if they or don't she feels you. I love yeah. that. If they don't listen, just make the appointment. So, okay, I'm going. Try being, a, try being a gay man. All of our radars going off 24 <laughs> hours a day. We can sense everything. So, so but tell me, but I, I wondered about that. Is there is one is one in the relationship usually a little more sort of driving that than the other? Yeah, I'm I'm the crazy. Yeah. He's got diabetes, yeah. by the way. And I'm like, did you check oh. sugar? Do you have to do this? I, I, I noticed you are a little slow today. I noticed you a little like I'm I'm the panicky one. So you're Go the figure. more intuitive one. All right. in the uh, so you're helping me. So so yeah. I can say something I've always wanted to say. Just yeah. whoever the spouse is that's intuitive, listen to that person. That's Just right. listen. Mm. Very good. Very good. Uh, and because I, I did not know for sure that that was the case, but you've confirmed it so far. Yes, there it is. Um, and so number two, listen to your spouse. Uh, and number, so number, I go number three, the prostate in your ass. In my, <laughs> back to the bottom. Back to the bottom. Yeah, yes. Back to the bottom. Um, <laughs> where I've remained ever since. And, and so uh, <laughs> I know you like that stuff, Sean. It's good. <laughs> Look, the low hanging. You fruit. started with the jokes. You started with it. Yeah, of Come course, on. of course. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I go in. Tr- this made a relationship with this guy who ended up being 
you know, he's a, a colleague. He ended up being, you know, a really, 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 my whole family now goes to him. He's a really a great caretaker and just excellent judgment. Did you know this internist beforehand or was I, this a I new knew, face? I knew of the group. I'd sent people to the group who wanted concierge type care before. Got it. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, I actually, his partner, I had my eye on her when she was a resident and I uh -huh. said, this one I'm going to refer stuff to. Uh -huh. mm, and, got um, it. And I was aware of his, I, the people, you know, knew he was a good guy. Yeah. And so he, you know, we, he rechecks everything, goes, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Oh, goodness. Your PSA went from 1.5 to 3.8. And uh -oh. I went, I went eh, it's normal. I'll come back in six months. What's no, PSA? Uh, come on. What's PSA? Prostate specific antigen. It's okay. a screen for it's a screen for cancer okay. and got it. Prostate at cancer, that point, yeah. by the way, people were arguing whether or not it should be done at fifty, whether it should be done right. at all. And There's a lot of controversy around that. Yeah. And Sean, I think it's important to note, like Drew's number basically tripled in what, a year? Uh, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. And year why and do half. they say and why do they say that blood <laughs> test for that PSA is controversial? Because there have been some data to show that people that have high PSAs may not have prostate cancer and then they end okay. up getting subjected to unnecessary and invasive see, tests it. that end okay, up causing more distress than okay, if it. they had just been left alone. So so that was the controversy. Okay. Let me tell you categorically, I am in categorically this I'm in favor of aggressive screening. And this pendulum has moved more in that direction okay, for good. sure. Good. After your experience. Not just my experience. I work with an organization called the Prostate Cancer Foundation, the PCF. Uh -huh. And uh, we fund the cutting-edge research. I'm talking to guys at the cancer centers all over the country. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. It's clear. If you have a first-degree relative with prostate cancer, you should start screening at 40. Mm -hmm. All the other men should start screening at 50. That's just, mm -hmm. I'm clear Of course, hypo hypochondriactor. I started mm -hmm. at like 35. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. There you go. Look he was you. 18 when he yeah. started. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that might have been motivated yeah. differently. Yeah, but okay. exactly. Exactly. That was my choice. Yeah. That was one day. It did not go well. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so... I'm so glad I came here today. So, so I also got we chose this story. I, who knew? Okay, go ahead. So, so I go in. He's like, yeah, you went up. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you could come back in six months because that's no, kind of what you do. And I'm like, look, don't. Yeah, we're peer. I, I'm always worried when I, I let me. Here's another lesson: Don't get special care from a doctor. Get right. standard care from him or her. The standard of care is the standard because it's the best. Yeah. You want him or her to use their judgment the way they always use it. And so I often find so myself true. going, "Do not be affected by me. Just do what you do. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm a peer. Maybe you'd see me on TV or something. Don't know. Just treat me the way you. I come to you for yes, your judgment. Yes. Use your judgment. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And he goes, okay. I'm going to have you go see a urologist. I mean, oh, come on. Yeah. You see a urologist. <laughs> okay. like, and except like, for that. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I, they really, I'll come back in six months. All right, I'll see the urologist. Okay, so you have, uh, you have high PSA. You go to that. Well, actually, it's, oh, normal. it's normal. PSA is three. It's normal, oh, it's normal. but it tripled. Okay, normal, it went it tripled. from one to okay, three. Okay, so it's normal. Yeah. So you go see a urologist. Okay, go ahead. And wait, wait, wait. Question. You were not having any symptoms whatsoever, no. right? No back no, pain, no, no, no Just a regular screening or whatever. No, 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 no. And- Again, it's the rate of change that was catching yeah. everyone's yeah. attention. Yeah. So we go to the urologist. The urologist goes, yeah, you're right. You probably don't have to be here, but probably prostatitis. Let's treat you with Cipro and anti-inflammatory. So I'm taking Motrin three times a day and Cipro. Come back for a PSA in three weeks. Okay. PSA does not change. Mm. Well, we'll repeat. We'll repeat this. Uh, you know, do, yeah. the, do the Motrin and the, and the Cipro again, and then we'll repeat the PSA. Now, oh, we went wow. to Europe. We went to Europe that, right after that. And uh, I remember, I could always tell when doctors are sort of uncomfortable because a peer has a problem. That mm -hmm. we, we just, we can't help ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We identify too strongly with each other. He won't return my calls. And I'm in Europe and I'm thinking, oh, well, I, the PSA hasn't changed. Yeah. Then I get a voicemail. Yeah, your PSA hasn't changed. So that means you need a biopsy. I'm like, oh my God, uh -huh. everybody, come on. You see, uh -huh. you see what happens when you're en too aggressive. Enjoy the Tower of London. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was in the, I was in the, I remember where I was. I was in uh, Barcelona in the big marketplace. Oh, okay. I was okay. standing in the big marketplace. And I'm like, oh, you see what happens when you're too aggressive. You end up getting, they're, they're, I know they're doing this because it's me. And I just yeah. I wish they had been more right. aggressive. Jamon Iberico so, and a biopsy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so go. now I'm looking down the barrel of a prostate biopsy. Okay. And okay. that is oh, not man. fun. It's not at all fun. Okay. Yeah. It's not horrible, but it's not fun. Can you walk us through what it was like getting the prostate biopsy? Well, let me just tell you before I describe it to you, just to yeah. really enrich the story. Yeah. 
I went on what's called active surveillance once I was diagnosed. And active surveillance is a biopsy every six months. Oh, so I ended God. up becoming very familiar with these biopsies. Oh my what Lord. they do is they put an ultrasound in your tush mm -hmm. and they take a long syringe, a needle about yay big. I'm looking at about 12 centimeters mm -hmm. and um, they numb up the prostate with uh, xylocaine and that they sort of put it on the shell of the prostate. That's fun feeling that burn. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and then they take these devices and th thrust them into the prostate like about 15 times. And each time it's in there, it, it sort of release, it has a spring-loaded release that grabs a biopsy. Oh, God. Yeah. And each time it, and I, this is going to sound terrible and it's going to, yeah. you're going to wonder why I'm saying this isn't awful. Each time it blows, so to speak, you feel like you're getting shot. It's oh like, my ooh, God. Like, it's really? Like, it's this in visceral feeling. Oh God. Oh my in, in the, you get this visceral, crazy feeling. And um, wow. you do get used to it. It's funny. You, the, the, it's not what you'd call painful. Yeah. It's kind of this visceral, awful, I don't know what, how to describe it. It's a very uncanny feeling. Okay. Wow. But when I went back, you know, I had ended up having four more, I think. And when I went back for the surveillance, by the fourth one, I would get hypotensive and break into a sweat when I walked Aww. in the office. Yeah. Well, how did, and, you, yeah. how did you have any prostate left? I mean, four, <laughs> you have like question. four biopsies. There's nothing. Now yeah. you're taking a biopsy of my liver. It's like, right. yeah, there's it nothing heals left. Up, it heals up. You do, there's all kinds of, I don't know how deep into this you want to get, but there's all deep. kinds of, one thing they don't tell you about biopsies is after biopsies, when you ejaculate, you, you ejaculate blood. I've had that weeks. happen. We talked about that. So wow. scary. I, I, I kind of thought I, when it happened, I was like, oh, of course. You know, I was like, yeah, what, what mm. I think this is. But that's scary. No mm. blood should no, be coming out scary. of it. It was not scary. It was just it, your spouse may not like it. But, All yeah. right. Well. Um, so anyway, so. Sean, I'm surprised your penis isn't hurting at this point. No, it, it, it's, it's killing me. Oh, every, okay. ever, since, ever since he said you go up there and you take a bops and you get shot in the stomach, my penis yeah. hurts. <laughs> Drew, okay, go. I, get I, to the end of the story. <laughs> I, wait a minute, Priyanka. I heard his penis running across the room. That's exactly right. It's, it's a little lower than oh. I, 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 because like it's a little bigger. All right, keep going. Oh my goodness. So, so now I get the biopsies. Prostate cancer. I was Damn. shocked. Wow. Wow. Wait, but can I back up? What were your symptoms? Like, did you have symptoms to know to get it? Zero. Sick? Other than the PSA. That the PSA Zero was like, That's, something's going it's on. Much like, much like hypertension and okay. colon cancer and prostate cancer, you have to screen for these things. Yeah, okay. You get no symptoms. No wow. symptoms. Wow. All right. So, By the time oh you get God, symptoms, it's way, way, way too late. Right. Way yeah. too late. Right, So, right. Drew, so when, when prostate cancer is diagnosed, there's a grading scale, a Gleason yeah, yeah. grading scale. You get a Gleason score, and the higher the score, the more aggressive. So, do you remember, yeah. or if you're willing yeah. to share, what your Gleason score yeah, was? Yeah, I'll share. I, I'll share anything. Yeah. Um, but before before I do though, let me just say though, when I got that diagnosis, I went, "Oh my God!" All these people, my wife, my internist, and my my uh, urologist, all exercised exquisite judgment. Mm. Like that was they were making hard calls, and Ooh. I was mm -hmm. fighting them. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, thank." God, I, we listen mm -hmm. to their judgment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was just a reminder that when you go to doctors, you go for their judgment. Mm -hmm. You go for them to make the call. Mm -hmm. Right. And and thankfully, I'm at least a good enough patient that when they make the call, I go, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and because that's why I'm there. I'm I there love for that. that person's that's judgment. Great. That's great. And so that, that's the moral of the story is, is get people with great judgment. So what was your, to them what was your level? Direction. Your level of the Gleason's uh, I was the Gleason. a three. I was a three plus three, uh, which is what? a. Medium low, it's sort of medium low. Okay, okay, yeah. and, and so how do you rectify? Get it? The situation. <laughs> what What were your treatment options? Because there's lots of different types of yeah. treatment options. You yeah. know, so yeah. radiation, so, brachytherapy, prostatectomy. Yeah, I, I just would acknowledge that Sean's been preloaded with that rectify. <laughs> He's been waiting all minutes. fifteen wow. minutes. I couldn't do this last night. I yeah. was like, wait till we get a load of this. Yeah. <laughs> here we are, load. Get it get it it. Yes, yes. That, this <laughs> the is the show, ladies giving. and gentlemen. Yeah. We'll right. be here all week. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so the so I'm 50. Remember, and my first reaction was because my dad and uncle had prostate cancer in their 70s. Oh, there you oh, go. Wow. And, and, and I always assumed I would get it in my 70s. And my first reaction was, really, at 50? Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come mm -hmm. on. That's yeah. not fair. Yeah. But okay. So I know it's a slow-growing tumor, and my first thing was, well, I'm not getting this done now. I had a, I had a 
my schedule was insane at that point. I yeah. had practice, I had a daytime talk show, I had an evening talk show at yeah. HLN, we were trying to do celebrity rehab. I was doing Love Line at night. At the, it was it's just insane. Wow. Yeah. And so I was crazy. like, well, I'm not getting this done right now. I'm waiting at least a year. And everyone co-signed that and said, yeah, yeah, it's a low grade. It's localized, very localized, fine. And then I found my way to a guy that's sort of a real leading expert. And I thought, oh, I'll see what he has to say. And he said, yep, you're diagnosed very early, probably shouldn't have been diagnosed. You should be on surveillance. Right. Maybe you'll never even need an operation. Okay. He said, at that point, the data was 30% stay the same, 30% get worse. So we'll mm. watch you. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, great, that's a perfect option. Well, across a year and a half, two years, the tumor did not change great, but it changes volume. And uh -huh. the location was weird. So it was a weird location of a low-grade tumor behaving weirdly. Yeah. Hmm. So, Priyanka, as you know, when tumors behave weirdly, you kind of pay attention. Yeah. Even if they're not showing the pathology. So after the volume sort of doubled, he went, I think we got to do definitive care. Mm. So now back to your question about what the options are. Really at 50, you're getting an operation. Mm. Oh. It, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's too far. You've got too far <laughs> downstream. So what do they do? Go in there and they take it out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Radical yeah. prostatectomy. Yeah. Yes. Urology and prostate cancer used to be the sleepiest of all prof the profession. Mm. Prostate cancer, you got it. It got worse. It didn't. There was yeah. sort of people that got rapidly worse and people that never got worse. Yeah. And urologists had not much to offer. Now there is so much to do yeah. and effective treatments all the way down the line. So mm. so really, it was pretty clear. And, you know, the question was open prostatectomy or robotic. That was mm. really the question. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. What's robotic? Ro you have the robot. Yeah, what do you mean? going going and in it's there. It's 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 less invasive than doing it. Oh, open. why wouldn't you like just, just choose that? It depends on the location. It depends on the size. I see. I There's see, all I these see. sort of factors. Sometimes the robot can't get there. It's kind of like laparoscopic versus. Right, kind of, kind of, and a there was really bit. only one guy at Johns Hopkins that was had good outcomes with uh, open, and and so the the real the real Sean the real conundrum is with getting the prostate out. A, it's a big operation, and B, hmm. you need to preserve the nerves that f lie uh -huh. along the base of the prostate because that's what gives you the nitric oxide for erection. Right. Mm -hmm. So if those nerves mm -hmm. get stretched or injured, I see you are in big trouble. Well, I see not big trouble. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. you're in for limp trouble. Yeah, limp trouble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So, but did they save yours? Yes. And so, thank and God. So I sat down with my surgeon. I was recommended to a specific guy, and I said, "All right, all I want to know is, you know, what's your what's your complication rate?" And he goes, "Well, I've done about 1,200 of these." Zero. And I went, fine, let's go. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. That's an amazing said, stat. Fine, yeah. Fine. And now it's it's different. Things are a little different, but I would almost argue better. And that's oh, about really? yeah. And that's about <laughs> it. Uh, it's just different. Um, wow. And I can't imagine. It's a, yeah. It's a big operation though. So it's, it's a it's it took a long time for me to fully recover. I mean, I oh, let really? me ask you this, and we can cut out anything you yeah. want. Doesn't the prostate also signal the brain when you have to poop? A, a little bit. The whole operation back there yeah. sort of change. The, the coordination changes a little bit, and it, again, yeah. mm. these are things that aren't cognitive, so it's hard to describe what it is. Yeah. All yeah. I just knew is that, like, if like for instance, if I had to pass gas, I would mm -hmm. urinate. I had to get that right. Mm. I had to get that. Mm. Oh, really? Back. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And when you and when you have to poop, you scream. <laughs> no, no, he it, cries. it was. You cried. Yeah, I actually stayed okay. I, I don't remember any problem with any of that. That's hysterical. Uh, I'm so glad you're okay. Good God, I know. what a story. Yes. And when was how? Long, so this was 14 years ago. So you're 14 years post-op, or no, no. So the operation was like 11, 12 years ago, right? Remember, I okay. went on surveillance for a couple of years. Yeah. Oh, uh, right, right, right. And then last June. My PSA started going up again. Or actually, I went from 0.0. Oh, really? Well, I went from 0.0 to 0.03 to 0.05 oh, back to 0.03. I was kind of bouncing oh, around. Wow. So when that came back, I knew there was radiation in my future. I just knew it. And so oh, wow. we waited to follow that for a couple of years. And then it's like, okay, time for radiation. And mm -hmm. by the time I got to radiation... I was able to be part of a research protocol for MRI-guided SBRT. So it used to be eight weeks of three days a week of external beam radiation that could give you lots of symptoms, rectal, you know, proctitis mm -hmm. and urinary problems, all kinds of things. I had five treatments of this MRI-guided SBRT. It was a piece of cake, no symptoms whatsoever. 
and PSA back to 0.0. Wow, that's amazing. So wait, at the end of the day, do you recommend PSA screening and colonoscopies? Yes, right? Both? Or now are you, are you Oh, 100%. You didn't go soft on PSA recommendation. Like you're no like soft. saying yes. No. No soft, no limit. <laughs> okay. Because I couldn't so, tell so. the beginning. I couldn't tell the beginning if both of you guys were like, no, no, it's no. important or it's not no, important. No, no, no. We are pro PSA over okay. here. On this okay, camp. okay, got it. Mostly we were talking about the history because back then there was more controversy and now yeah. there's yeah. less. And let me state it again. If you have a first degree relative with prostate cancer, start at 40. Yeah. Everybody yep. else start at 50 every year. Yeah. Blood test, PSA. Yeah. Yeah, there's a very strong genetic inherited component to it. You know, but- last time, Drew, last time I got my colonoscopy, I already said this on the show, um, I I oh. told the doctor to tell me right as the propofol was hitting me. Yeah. And and he said, yes, it's going right now. I go, okay, whatever you do, don't touch my asshole. And then I went out. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we're going to play a game. It's called Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. Yes. You're each going to get three questions. And if you don't know the answer, just take a guess because I give possible points for creativity. So Sean, you're up first with the first three questions. Are you yeah. ready? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, first question. Astigmatism yeah. affects what part of the body? Oh, come on. Astigmatism. The eyes, of course. I have them. Okay, my very good. Okay, that was easy. Great. That was easy. Okay, I'm very impressed so far. By the way, I always thought it was a stigmatism. Like you have a stigmatism. Yeah. yeah, Adam Carolla still thinks it's a hernia. One word. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny because the Greek root, the etymology of astigmatism is. A, which is the Greek word for not stigma. Yeah. There's there's oh, so a no point, a focal point. So yeah, astigmatism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second question for Sean. In reference to the internet, what does HTTP stand for? Oh gosh, it stands for. I have no idea. The last the P stands for like portal, right? No. No, that is not correct. Do you I wanna, don't know what is it? Yeah. It's, what is it? Do you want to guess at all? Anything? I, there's no way. Okay, hypertext, hypertext transfer protocol. protocol. Which I, I would know. not have gotten that. I did That's not know that. That's an extremely hard question. Hypertext yeah. transfer protocol? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Okay, third question for Sean. Who played your ex-wife Jill in Sean Saves the World? God. What? I have... Oh, my God. Oh, it's Portia de Rossi. Yes, it is. Portia de Rossi, right. yes. yes. Okay, so oh you gosh, got two out of three. Very nice. Okay, Drew, are you ready? All right. Okay, he looks first really question. Excited. I know, I'm worried. I get, I get, I, get, I always, I, I always have worry. panic attacks and blank, and I am not able to think when I'm really put on the spot. So, here oh we my go. god, do not worry at all. Okay, first yeah. question psilocybin is a natural hallucinogenic that can be found in what? And this has been used to successfully treat major depressive disorder psilocybin. Right. right. If I understand the question you're asking, mushrooms. That is correct. Yeah. The answer is mushrooms. These it's are easy the today. Magic and magic mushrooms. Yeah. Second question: What does MTV stand for? Music television. Nice. That is also correct. Okay. Remember, One remember more when question, it was? and then yes, when it was music television. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Third question for Drew to win this all. In 1984, mm-hmm. you started joining a K Rock radio show segment to answer medical questions that would then become the show we know as Loveline. What was the name of that original segment? Well, that's what Wikipedia says. Uh, it, 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 they, they wanted to do a segment on the show Loveline, and the segment was going to be called Ask a Surgeon. That is correct. Oh, really? That and that's correct. how it started? Yes. Yep. That's how yep. Loveline started? No, that's how my part in Loveline started. Oh, that's... Loveline existed for a few months before that. That's but so the cool. thing is, you were never a surgeon. So how did they end up doing that? There, there was so much more to that story. This friend <laughs> of mine called me, and we, we, you know, K Rock became a phenomenon literally overnight. Yeah, like uh-huh. 1983, 1984. It was just, huge. Boom! It just hit the scene. Yeah, with the new wave music, so to speak, and it was half a block from my apartment. And so people were starting to socialize with people at that radio station, or hang out there, or go over oh, there, wow. see what was going on. And one of my friends had befriended people there and they were brainstorming about this show in the middle of the night that they needed to make community service. They needed, they got the time provided that it was a community service show. Of course, it was not oh, at that point. Wow. And wow. so somebody goes, hey, Pinsky's in medical school. Maybe he can help out. Wow. And their, their brilliant idea was you would come in, do this thing called Ask a Surgeon, 
you'll use big words, it'll be hysterical. And I was like, <laughs> my reaction was, why the fuck did you call me? What yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. But I was sort of intrigued and finally persuaded to come up there and uh, sort of morphed into what it became. That's oh so my cool. gosh, what, what an amazing story. I didn't know story. that. Well, That's really cool. Drew, you are also the winner of yes. Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. Congratulations. <laughs> On behalf of your wife, it's called Ask Dr. Drew. I know. <laughs> that's what that's what we want to that's what we want to promote. All thank right. you. You are thank the you. best. No, but seriously, I've loved you Drew, for so thank long. you so much for coming on the show yeah. and talking about your prostate issues and, and sharing your experience. I think it's really important. I, yeah. I would I would also happily come I know I I bored Sean half to death with my no, you uh, didn't. worn peace. <laughs> you didn't. But, you did. but uh, or, you or did not. I would also happily come back and tell you my mental health journey, which was yes. mismanagement. It was all about mismanagement I would by love doctors that. and care. I, I think we that. should definitely have you come back yeah. and, and yeah. share that in a separate and, and episode. And Drew, seriously, <laughs> all, all jokes aside, it wasn't long. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I think it's really important. I've loved you for so long. I think you're such a rare thing in this community where you actually can hold a conversation and one that people can understand and mm -hmm. relate to and, and deliver information in a very digestible way. So thank you for that. It's a gift. And, well, uh, yeah. and, and I, I, I deep, deep, deep gratitude for you saying that. But more importantly, my wife and I are a huge fan of yours and have been from the beginning. Ooh, that's just very sweet. Mm -hmm. Every time we see you on a billboard, that's very so sweet. go, Sean. And by the way, are you next? Are you in anything in New York right now? We really want to come see your plays. That's oh, what, thank you. Yes, Good Night Oscar opens, uh, it starts performances April 7th at the Belasco Theater, at Belasco Theater. It's really good, Drew. It's a really no good doubt. show. It's, Sean. it's amazing. It's no that's, doubt. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, guys. Drew, thank you so much for being here. And please come back. We would seriously right, love it. Yeah, Drew, done. thanks again. Cheers, guys. Isn't he amazing? Yeah, yeah. That was so rich. That was just, uh, it was, it was wonderful. Way, I, and I meant what I said, like he, when he's telling his story, it's like I'm following each bit. You're so engrossed. Yeah, it's wonderful storytelling. It was so good. And I'm curious, Sean, you, I mean, you have a prostate. What was that what? like for you well, the last time I checked, you had a prostate. <laughs> Literally, I checked. <laughs> last <laughs> um, time I checked. But but yeah, what was that experience like for you to hear that story as someone who has yeah, a prostate? Yeah, well, you know, look, it's 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 been in the news for the last last several decades that yeah, it's becoming more prominent in the medical news and like and in the pop culture news that men of a certain age need to kind of get checked. And and so mm -hmm. I listened to that. And so I, of course, I listened to one story and I panic. And of course I went when I was like 45 and then I went again, as you ah, know, last okay. year. Okay, so you're on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it scares me half to death, those reports. I and like know. People getting, I you know, know, it's becoming more and more common prostate uh, cancer. Yeah. One in eight men worldwide will at some point have prostate cancer. Yeah. That's crazy. And do you, yeah, do, it's really is common. It, is it because of diet usually? Oh, there's so many different factors. I mean, like we said, the inherited, there could be a genetic component. Um, as you get older, the age is a risk factor, what we eat, you know, if there's any other health issues, if there's smoking involved. I mean, it's it's really a, a lot of different risk factors for sure. Wow. But and and so thanks to Dr. Uh, Drew for for educating us. And also Commissioner Robert Califf. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Wasn't he amazing? What a, we had like all perfect. This was, I wait know. a minute, this was an all doctor show, Sean. Yes, plus the two hosts. And you also are an honorary doctor. <laughs> so this was like a quadruple guys, doctor episode, yes, you guys. Listeners, you're welcome. You're, you're welcome, welcome from all the four doctors today. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, guys. You are the best and uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, don't worry, be healthy. Until next time, bye. Bye. Hypochondria Actor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.